Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. If you're following along with us in the study guide, we're going to do the Greek word first, and then we'll get into our conversation for today's chapter. All right, chapter 19, our Greek word today is dunamis, which means power, strength, capability, authority, that sort of thing. In this case, it's going to be uh, kind of a placeholder for miracle, right? It's going to say that Paul did mighty miracles. God did mighty miracles at the hands of Paul. Shows up 10 times in Acts, 119 times in the New Testament. And miracles are going to be a big deal in the book of Acts. We're going to see uh, as the gospel is going forth, they're going to pray for people. People are going to get healed. And it's going to blow people's minds. And they're going to say, by what authority? Like what power is, is bringing this to happen? And that's a wide open opportunity for them to tell the story of Jesus. Uh, and so uh, my tradition is the Vineyard Movement. And John Wimber was an early leader, the early leader of the Vineyard Movement, um, kind of the number one guy. And he, he talks about this idea of power evangelism, this idea that uh, you encounter somebody and uh, ask the question like, hey, is, is anything wrong? Is, you know, if, if you had a magic wand and could you know, change anything in your life, what would you change? And uh, we all have needs, right? And so somebody might say, well, gosh, I've just had chronic neck pain for you know, 20 years and it just messes with my life. I can't sleep and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? Let's, let's ask God to heal this. And um, uh, you know, sort of what we see in Acts is this, these miraculous healings happen how many know that like you're going to have a pretty open audience after that happens when there's this mind-blowing miracle that just, you know, rocks your world, you're going to want to hear more. You're going to want to hear what happens. And that's exactly what we see in the book of Acts is this power evangelism idea where God is going to show up and do amazing stuff and it's going to be a vehicle. It's going to be an opportunity to share the story of Jesus and people are going to get converted. So dunamis is the word for today. 10 times in Acts, 119 times in the New Testament. Uh, It's a great word. Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 19. And my guest today is listener engagement for our sister station, KTIS in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Amy Mulvihill. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. I am so glad you're here because, so for those of you that don't know, Faith Radio and KTIS share, uh, we share a building, an office space. And so we, every Monday morning, we do devotions for everybody that's here on Zoom. And you did a devotion where you were talking about perspective and you talked about leading trips around kind of in the area of the Mediterranean. And so that's, I'm so excited that you're here today because I think you're going to share some of some yeah. of what you do when you take, lead those trips. Yes, we actually go to Ephesus. So very cool. Um, as we talk about X nineteen, it'll be fun just to give a glimpse of what's happening at that time and what what is going on in the first century world in Ephesus. Yeah. So just let's just dive right in. Dive right in. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I enjoyed reading through X nineteen. I love what um, Dr. Fox said about. Dunamis giving authority and the opportunity to share. And that's when you read in the beginning of Acts 19 when they start talking about having the rags and... Yeah, when God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles, when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and the evil spirits were expelled. Verse 11 and 12. 
And you think of, of that happening and, and just what the people at that time would think of. And I think when you look at the history of Ephesus at that time, sorcery and the god Artemis was very into the witchcraft, the seances, just all that stuff is huge in Ephesus. And so you are coming, you're finding as Paul's there that he's bringing power mm. to Christ and showing them that he is bigger. These aren't gods. My God is the God, right? And I feel like that's all through the first century and all through when the disciples are out in the sharing to the early church. It's they're going up against these gods. They're going up in in the future when with John, when he's in Ephesus, he's going up against Caesars who are claiming to be God, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think throughout history, we're always battling like Jesus is God, right? And that's, I think, a theme, obviously, through all of life. But I think just seeing that power behind and what Dr. Fox said was pretty cool. Because as we think through of what happened in Acts 19, and um, you think first when you read it that Paul goes to Ephesus, and what is who does he run into? Some disciples, right? Yeah, and which so, I thought was interesting because usually... When he goes into a town, we see him going to the synagogue first. And this sounds like, because it didn't, it says he goes to the synagogue later, but it sounds like he just ran into believers in the town. Right. And this is the beginning of his third missionary journey. And Mm -hmm. I think that there would be successful first and second ministries, but I think this is a key aspect of what he changes in his third missionary journey. And that's kind of a Christ example of what did he do? He... He goes and he makes disciples, right? And he and it even says he makes 12, <laughs> 12 disciples. But so, and they're John's disciples, so he obviously needs to, some of them have never even heard. Can you even imagine, like, Christ has been resurrected and it's been a few years and they're like, we didn't know. Right, yeah. Well, and that, I mean, I'd never thought about John the Baptist and who he was, like, because there were a lot of rabbis at the time, and so right. people would follow a rabbi, and then the rabbi would die, and they would go follow somebody else. Right. And that was part of the difference with Jesus, is that Jesus' followers didn't go follow another rabbi. They continued to follow Jesus. And, but So I thought it was interesting, because right. I'd never thought of of John's name and work being known outside of you know the area of Jerusalem and the surrounding towns and villages. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that they made it all the way over to Asia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that is very interesting. And of course, because of where we are in our time frame of the world, you know, unless they're told, right? right. They don't get the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I think it's just great how he he realizes that he can't reach Asia alone. So he stays there for three years and... um it's kind of fun because the Hall of Ty- Tyrannus, we actually, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Tyrannus? I know, it made me think of Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Every time I read I it. I thought that same thing too, actually, when I said it just now. <laughs> uh, but we actually, it's fun because you, there's a room in Ephesus where it could be the Hall of Tyrannus where Paul was. So we kind of bring our students in there and kind of can visually see like this is where he would come and he would teach and get and prepare his his disciples and be sending them out and how did how did that differ and was he able to spread the gospel more because of the lives of those disciples and 
Yeah. How amazing. I mean, I think a lot of times we think of going to the Holy Land and we're going where Jesus walked. But also, I mean, because this is the trip that you're leading, your trips you lead, right, are, are Paul's journey, the journeys of the early church and what was happening in the early church. Yes. Yep. So we we do do Israel um, and Egypt. My husband has partnered those two together. And then we do Turkey, Greece, and Rome. And so you kind of get to the aspect. And the cool thing is there's a lot of the churches of Revelation are in Turkey. Okay. I think there's five. And so it's really neat to, as we're reading through that, we read through Revelation and how God is speaking to the people in the church at that time Mm -hmm. through John. So, yeah. That's probably a big rabbit trail. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. It's, I hadn't thought about it before. I thought about being in the Holy Land, but not, you know, where Jesus walked. But this right. is where the Holy Spirit led. This is where the Holy Spirit was leading the early church to go out and make disciples. This is the beginning of what we have now. Right. And right. I always think it's, I grew up Lutheran, so, you know, I knew the story of Luther and the Mm -hmm. Catholic church, but you know, how do we get from, and this is a bigger question than what we'll cover, but you know, how did we get from Jesus died and rose again? We have, you know, Pentecost. And then how do we get to the church in Rome and then all the denominations that we have now? And I think it's so interesting to come back and look at the early church, you know, from the very beginning of, you know, Paul's journeys and what was happening. So yeah, this is, I'm, really glad we're talking about this. Yeah. I, it's really funny that you say that because that's been my thing all the time when um, even studying early church in at Northwestern, mm-hmm. it was like, where did we go from the disciples to, and I think a big part is we took the word of God away from people where mm-hmm. they couldn't read it anymore. Mm-hmm. It was in Greek or Latin and it wasn't in the tongue, the native Inaccessible, tongue. Right? right. But there's all sorts of things that dealt with that too. You have money and Fame power, and prestige, power position, and, yeah. which we see time and again of people trying to maintain even yes. as they're coming into these different towns right. of fighting against the Jews who were in power and wanting right. to keep that power. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and that's why it's the Sons of Sceva aspect in Acts 19. It's an interesting little twist of them going out and and trying to cast out demonic forces. And mm. and back in the first century, the Jews were known for their ceremonies and their spoken formulas to try to, you know, release the evil spirits. But then you see when Jesus came and how when Jesus started casting out the demons and was overpowering those where the Jews were shell-shocked because it obviously didn't work for them, right. but it's working for this Jesus. Right. There's a really great example of that if in The Chosen, if you've watched it the first season, oh. when... Mary, yes, uh, where the high priests come and try to expel the demons out of her and can't, and Jesus does it, and that's why. And I think in the chosen there, that it's they're saying that it's Nicodemus was yes. one of them, and that's what right, kind of brings right. him around to wanting to know like who is this person that cast out that demon that I couldn't right. cast out. Yeah, yeah, but that's a great representation or a, a visual of what we're talking about. Yes, that's yeah. what came to my mind. That's one of my favorite. Parts of the chosen is that first season where yeah. just it's beautiful. I I cry. I cry. I think at every show. Yes, every yeah. show <laughs> in the chosen. Yeah. But it's just beautiful how they put mm-hmm. flesh on Jesus, right? And yes, he just yep. becomes. Yeah. Well, and Peter, the actor that plays Peter. When I came back, and now I'm reading, you know, going through the book backs and reading Peter, 
I, that's who I'm seeing is that actor and the, the fire that was in him and the, you know, what was, you know, you can almost feel like when <laughs> yes. you're watching, you can almost feel like this fire burning inside of him and he's just got to do something. Right, right. To come back and go, Peter was a person. Right. Paul is a person who lived and walked and breathed. And it's easy to just read the story and go, oh, the story of Paul and his missionary journeys. But to remember, like, this is a human that walked the earth and went through. And this is an account of what what he actually (laughs) did. Experienced. Right. Well, and it's interesting because on the worksheet, it says, how is Paul's experience in Ephesus similar or dissimilar to other places he's been? And, like, I was thinking through it, I'm... And I said, similar, well, (laughs) riots, right? We have riots, we have arrests, we have all sorts of things that Paul went through. And you think of all the disciples and what they went through. Like if, if God, if Jesus was not the Savior, like what they went through for that, Mm -hmm. right? We, it just challenges my heart all the time of, and it just challenges me too. Am I living in a way that people see who I am and see that Jesus is in me and they either want to know him or they're angry because they know that he is truth, right? And Mm. people are going to come up against that when, you know, I think we feel that a lot today in our culture, right? It's a lot of negative negativity towards Christ because he does say truth, right? I am truth. And so we're going to come against that opposition. How am I going to battle that? Like Paul did every day as he was walking the road, right? Yeah. And I, when I, appreciate about when you know when he goes somewhere paul or the other disciples they go and they preach and people don't receive it and they dust they yes. they dust the the dirt off of them and they go to the next town almost what like what that has been saying to me is this is not about me mm-hmm. you are not receiving god and so i'm going to move on to a place that is open or wants to hear about god but mm-hmm. I, I appreciate how they're not making it about them mm-hmm there, it's about what the Lord is doing, and they're about what the Lord is doing, not about themselves, unto their death. Right. Which is, I mean, I know that there are people following Christ unto their death now in other parts of the world, but to actually think about, again, like, he actually did this. This is actually what God is calling us to do. Right. Are we doing that? Can we do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge, definitely. So let's talk a little bit. We've talked about Paul and his ministry and the the power that God gave him. Let's talk a little bit about the riot that um, answers the other question that was in the study guide. Um, what leads to the riot in Ephesus and what happens with that? When I think the story with Sceva moves a little bit into this because you're finding that there's po- the power of Jesus' name is flowing throughout the land right you're getting people are getting healed there's um um, witchcraft is being you know i think this is where they were burning the books the incantation books yes they were burning the incantation books they were kind of turning away right doing a 180 on the whole the the not truth so you see demetrius he makes and creates artemis god idols yeah he's a silversmith yes and so you have to think too of ephesus is a port where multiple places come in, and it's um, one of the main hubs in the Roman road. Like as, like Paul uses the Roman road a lot to get around to all his missionary journeys, right? So Ephesus is a huge, like play, a hub, is, is a hub. Yep. And when you go back a little bit further, you find the temple of Artemis. There is one of the 
Seven Wonders of the World. Mm. It's soon established as one of these amazing temples that pilgrims come to to see and to pay homage and to give their sacrifices. You have people coming from all over the place. So this is So this would be similar to the Jews going to Jerusalem and right? going to the temple in Jerusalem. Correct. Okay. So you're gonna have a ton of Artemisian um, followers that are coming and the the cult of Artemis is she's the goddess of fertility. So you can only imagine all the things that are happening that are a part of that but the biggest thing is buying the idols and taking them back, making them the places in your home. Um, and so this guy is just ticked off. So he comes and he pulls people in. And I think the thing to remember is just the power of what was said during that time. One of the things that's talked about in 37 is that Paul never blasphemed other gods. And I think that the whole riot in general created chaos, right? And it even says that there were those who didn't even know why they were there. Right. I mean, it was amazing to me how he got all of these people. Well, and I, I think because he goes to their livelihood. Right. That your, our livelihood is in jeopardy. And then says, and he's defiling the name of our goddess mm-hmm. and gets people, yeah, gets people all into an uproar to a point where they end up in the theater in the theater mm-hmm. and yeah it says that people don't even know why it is that they're there and no and the, and they're having trouble someone tries to calm them down and then they realize that that person is jewish and so then they get all upset again and then finally the mayor is able to get them to calm down yep the thing that i take from that besides being in the theater and yelling great is jesus right mm-hmm. <laughs> our god <laughs> um, which we do with our students is realizing the impact that Paul had on that city at that time, right? He was causing waves. He was causing people to turn away from what they believed in. And I I think that it's a challenge for us today to say, okay, where is the truth? What is truth, right? The truth Mm -hmm. is the word of God. And that's why we're reading through it daily, right? right? To get, Mm -hmm. get filled with the power, the dunamis, and to be able to live out our life for him. And, and that's what I think was challenging to me when I read through dunamis in Acts and how much it's, I can't do it on my own. It's the power of the Lord, like Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you. Like God gives us that power. Paul had that power through Christ and people were seeing that. And so I think, how am I showing Jesus? How are we showing Jesus in our lives? And that's how God's church spread in Asia. They saw what the, they were living together. They were living as a community because they needed each other. So I think that it's just a beautiful picture of Christ and how all that Paul experienced, all of that his disciples experienced, the biggest thing was through God's power, mm-hmm. they were able to show Christ. Yep. And the people saw Jesus. I think what's ama- what's been amazing going through all these chapters is that, and some people have pointed out in past chapter conversations about how it's often called the Acts of the Apostles. Mm-hmm. And really it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And the oh. Holy Spirit is flying and that. moving and they're just trying to keep up. <laughs> with what the Holy Spirit is doing. I love that. That's yeah. an amazing picture in my mind. Yeah. That's... I mean, but same thing with Paul. I mean, everything that's happening in Ephesus to be, I mean, and I really appreciate that it's a tough place for him to be the one whose skin would make the thing perform miracles. Right. Like that then adds pressure. And then, you know, we saw back in chapter 12 when Herod Agrippa was taking the glory for himself that he died and was eaten by worms. So like the temptation to take that, 
glory for yourself and not pass it on to the Lord. I don't know. I just have a really deeper appreciation of Paul and looking at the big picture of Paul from Pharisee to wanting the power. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Things are just coming to clear. Like wanting the power. Yes. And killing people who are following Jesus to keep that power to then come to a place where you're totally humbled, you're blind and, and then to start following that same Jesus and then to find himself back in a place of power and a place of influence. Right. And then what do you like? I'm, I just, it would be interesting to know the shift in Paul's heart and mind Mm. from Saul, the Pharisee Mm -hmm. to Paul in Ephesus Mm-hmm. being the one that is in the kind of position that he's in. Sorry, that was just like a no, that's, cumulative no. thing that was kind of coming together in my own <laughs> it's mind. So good. It's so good. Oh. Oh, I know it's to be in the mind, right? Of right. Those before us and praying that we can do what God wants us to do while we're here, right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Yeah. This was so good. This was fun. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for Acts 19. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Acts chapter 20. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.